Uh, greetings, everybody. This is uh, 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 Commander Chig. It is Monday, July 17th, the year 2023. 3309. The year of our Lord. And this is the Loose Screws podcast, the Loose Assistant Screws podcast about Elite Dangerous and the entire galaxy. We have just about as many bugs and flaws as the game, and I think that's why people are so endeared to us. Joining me this evening is uh, uh, kind of a neat crowd. Uh, there's there's three fellers here. We got a Lark Shadow, a Boob, and a Nurgle. And I'm not going to let you say hi before I just make you start talking. I'm going to let Lark Shadow go first because he had a story from last weekend or something that he doesn't want to forget, and he tends to forget things. Lark, go! I, I do tend to forget things. That's a true story. Um, I actually wrote down, remember the story right in front of me so I wouldn't forget so, you know, coping mechanisms. But at any rate, um, <laughs> so I actually haven't logged into Elite all week. Um, first time I've been in is like now since freaking week and a half ago. But this last weekend, I went floating the river for the first time ever. And um, here's the thing. So we did it in inner tubes. And... Well, I've never experienced rapids before, like, ever. So, um, it, in the calm parts of the river, it actually wasn't that bad. It was a lot of fun. But anytime there was rapids, and I didn't have an oar, and I can't steer an inner tube, and basically I just ended up having a panic attack for like an hour. So that was oh, fun. Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> Wee! But a couple of days removed from it now. And I think I could do it again, but I would A, want a life vest, and B, want to be in a raft. But that's just me. <laughs> oh, Wait, so Wait. would you say rapids? Do you think you would picture. have a So Idaho, if those, for those that don't know, Idaho is actually known for its whitewater. Um, there isn't very Wait, much whitewater, whitewater on Indian Creek. potatoes are not the same thing. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to boil the potatoes somehow. All right. <laughs> so we went ra- we went floating the river on Indian Creek, which, as it turns out, I found out after the fact, actually has class two rapids on it, which aren't that bad. But if you're in an inner tube, feel that bad. <laughs> and you did not have a life vest on? It was my first time doing it, okay? I'm an idiot. I'm not sure that counts as a panic attack. That might just be... Appropriate fear over a death-defying <laughs> circumstance. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's fair. I don't know. The, the inner tube is your life jacket. It's like, oh my I god, mean, I'm strapped to the front of a pickup truck going seventy. The, I'm having a panic attack. The the whole point of wearing a life jacket when you go through rapids is in case you get dumped out of your inner tube and bonked on the head, you still float up to the surface where you can breathe. You know, oh, I'm fat. I'm sure I'm buoyant. My <laughs> head came in, included with this hard part called a skull. Who needs a helmet? <laughs> <sighs> so, uh, but that was so, my week. How are you guys? Well, sweet. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. I'm going to go age before boobs. Nurgle. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, so I had a class reunion this weekend. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Oh, shoot. It's about, about, I think it was, it's either 26 or 27 of us got together. Class of uh, 26? 
No. No. Class of 94. Actually, there's people in there, you know, from 93 to 95 because it was a wide range of people and uh, at this little restaurant up in Auburn. And all I have to say is they boasted they had the best selection of bourbons in Alabama. And we had an open bar. <laughs> and they set us up with samples. And, I mean, they're, they're not even full shot glasses, the samples. So it's just it's just one little taste. But it was I, – I, I don't remember actually how many different bourbons I tasted. But I can tell <laughs> you that, it, that after the first, I don't know – 10 or so little samples that came across the table, they all tasted exactly the same to me <laughs> because I had anesthetized my taste buds by then. <laughs> but, wow. Uh, I don't know if anesthetized is the right word. I'm going to say euthanized your taste buds by then. No, no the, the, <laughs> the samples are barely a thimble. I mean, you'd take, it would take four samples to, to qualify as a halfway decent-sized shot, so that wasn't an awful lot of alcohol. However, the fact that we had an open bar and I could get whatever bourbon I want in unlimited quantities did bode well. Did not bode well for the evening. Um, it's a good thing they fed us because I drank way more than I should have. Nice, but it was fun. I got to see some people I haven't seen in you know fifteen years. Some of them, so had a good time. And you know, no damage was done. No police were called. Everybody got home safe. So I'd like to think we've learned something like in the past huh. 30 years. There were plenty of things. There were plenty of conversations had that night about we're not going to do any of the shit we did when we were going to school here because that was stupid. <laughs> yeah, stealing buggies and uh, we, we did all, yeah, we did a lot of stuff. Hiring so, muskets. You said 1994. Yeah, I was in third grade. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's people in here that weren't born yet. That's nothing. Fair enough. I, I honestly, literally, have children older than some of the people in our squadron, so I'm used to it. And nice. some of those children are more mature <laughs> than some of the older people in the squadron. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> no, you make his point at. for him. Yeah. So I had so I, I haven't played at all since last week. Oh, so so far, two of the four people have not played it all since last week. All right. That's okay. Boob will save us. Yeah. Oh, all right. Us, Boob. Moving on How to How many Boob. times have I heard that? Actually, probably never. Um, hey, guys. So Bye. what have I done this week? The last couple of days, got to do some great unplanned yard work, which I think we can all agree is the second best kind of yard work. That's um, the worst kind of yard work. found out on Friday. Okay, we live in a, at the end of a row of townhouses. With a little kind of postage stamp backyard. And we learned on Friday that they are basically regrading that street side of the entire row of houses. Um, landscaping hasn't been touched in probably 30 years and all the old juniper like that. Um, in addition, the landscaping makes a nice berm that for pretty much all the other units um, <clears throat> make sure that any rainwater goes into the basements instead of out to the street. So very clever landscape design. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's helpful. Um, but we've got about five years worth of, of somewhat legitimate landscape adjustments that we've done. Um, plants and bushes and shrubs and things like that that we've put in to make up for the complete from the shoddy old juniper bushes. Um, but they are going to cut down everything and then like shave the berm 
and then regrade everything. And they're starting tomorrow. So we had basically two days to dig up anything we wanted to keep and condense it into our little patio because I would never buy a place like this. We have been renting for several years because life in cities is terrible. Preach. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the um, Homeowners Association, of course, considers everybody's yard as common space, and the only thing that's actually yours is the concrete of your patio. So anything that's not actually on the concrete, even though it's surrounded by fences and everything else, is common property. So we got the eminent domain memo that said, get all your stuff off or the landscapers will destroy it. So we got to spend two hot days with terrible Canadians um, digging things up and uh, just finished in time. Our, the We have a new person on, on the the board, I guess, who's one of those competent project manager kind of people who actually get stuff done. I don't know if nice. you've met people like this. Um, I've heard of hey, <laughs> some of us are people like that, minus well, the homeowners is, association. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So all all this great stuff is happening, and I'm sure it'll be an improvement. But over the weekend, it was kind of a pain in the ass, and the arms and the back had a moment where I think if I had been two years older. I would be laid up, but instead I caught it at the last second and said, hey, I'm about to throw my back out. I'm going to stop for a while. And I successfully stopped and didn't wound myself. And that was my big triumph of the middle-aged weekend that I did not injure myself while hurrying to dig up a bunch of landscape plants. Well, welcome, welcome to middle age. I did stuff and I didn't hurt myself. I didn't. Great success. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. And I have played some too, but we can talk about that later. Okay. So Nurgle went out where there was a lot of drinking involved and didn't hurt himself. Who yes. did yard work and didn't hurt himself. And Lark floated down a river and didn't hurt himself. Lark bruised excess. To my credit, my wife did get hurt a little bit. Um, bruised her tailbone, but she's doing a lot better today. Yeah, How is that she to did. your credit? Are you responsible or did you prevent yeah, something even worse from happening? Uh, and, and Chig got it wrong. It's Lark-faced existential terror and lived <laughs> oh, to tell the tale. Come on, come on. Guys, guys are pansies. Um, <laughs> I will freely admit that. So, Chig, how are you? How was your week? Uh, well, um, um, let me think. I did a whole lot of not much. Uh Watch like that entire quarterback series on Netflix because it was interesting, and I watched that. I'm all caught up on Strange New Worlds. Um, I watched uh, the Expanse all all the seasons again. Um, I hadn't watched that in a while. Great to catch up on. But with the air conditioner running in my room, you know, you get that white noise going. So sometimes you can't quite hear if you're not wearing your headset. So I've been like wearing my, or I've been using uh, subtitles just more frequently just in case i miss something I'm like wait what was that and i realized when you're watching science fiction one word is massively overused whoosh it's whoosh and whooshing <laughs> and everything you know and the expanse ships are slowing down it's like ships Whoosh. whooshing uh in star trek if a door opens door whooshes so yeah there's there's a whole lot of whooshing in science fiction that i didn't realize until now and now oh, that i God. think about it it makes perfect sense yeah, I mean, air or whatever else is powering those things, moving through tubes, it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, yeah. that's real life. In game, uh, 
we, I don't know, are we talking about consortium stuff now? Jump right into that a little bit because we pulled that off. I haven't looked. We have notes, don't we? Yeah, we actually have notes. notes. Yeah, we actually put stuff in the notes. All right, let me see if I'm allowed to talk about anything now. Off topic, I found a maroon tussock. Uh, nice. Don't know. Oh, I know what that is. All right. Looks like, okay, th- looks like this stuff isn't in any part, other parts of the notes. We can talk about this right now. We were on the mission to get consortium in that, in, in Daxi's Folly uh, to a war. We got it to a war. Then we won the war. And now the system, we're pushing them to expansion. We don't think anything's going to happen, but we're going to try to do it anyway. Um, and then uh, Adax- who knows what? Yeah, well, Adaxius, you know, decided to push this thing. Then he just left town for like a week and a half because that's kind of the kind of thing he would <laughs> do. Hey guys, let's so, go do this, and then he, just, then he just leaves. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll be right back, guys. And then he's gone a week and a half. He came back to us, you know, having consortium and control. Um, I then started exploring all the systems around the weird system where this is. And now I just kind of shot straight up in on the Z axis away from there. And I'm exploring and plant gunning and do all kinds of stuff like that. So that's what I've been doing in game. Um, Lark shadow came out. Nurgle came out. Boob was out there. We all were out there. You guys have any thoughts on our little project out in uh, system? Blah, 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 blah. It was a lot of fun. I could, nothing is going to happen if we do manage to get consortium into expansion because there's nowhere for them to expand to. And in this game, you can only take over other people's territory. You right. Station or satellite. Any, anytime speak, somebody says something definitive about this game, I, 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 I have much, you know, sus because I, I just don't know what could or couldn't happen. I, it's a healthy reaction. I am personally hoping that we push them into expansion and they randomly go into some player faction owned system in the bubble. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Then That's as likely right, as anything. Right? <laughs> yeah. Or as unlikely as anything. But I mean, funny, like, it, it, go ahead. I'll say it turned out to be an, an interesting time for anarchy factions in elite while we were doing this and i have learned a a fair bit and and spectated a bit that um while we were getting started there was a war in ayabulu right where Mm -hmm. the aries mine is and so people had to kind of uh double down and and make sure that it stayed and so that it would still be an anarchy farm um, and there was some back and forth for a while. I know a lot of the on-foot combat people got involved to make sure that that stayed preserved. Um, yeah, same... explain explain what that system is so that people know, because it's actually really well, interesting. Yeah, I don't hey, really... Maybe you should. I, I have never visited or done that particular variety of of anarchy farming. Neither have I. I know I, I wish Bard was here. He, he... As I understand it, it's just... It's a high security, I want to say extraction settlement that is in an anarchy system and I'm going to say controlled by an anarchy faction so there are no criminal repercussions for going in, killing everybody and taking a bunch of high grade and high tech odyssey materials yeah if if you need if you need epoxy you can go murder entire settlements to collect you know just random epoxy or graphene if if you're so inclined. But that particular system, I believe, has like one of each type of, you know, it's got like, um, you know, 
tourist settlements. It has, you know, uh, whatever extract, not extraction, mining places. You know, the different types of settlements. My brain. Can't so it's like a one-stop shop for whatever exactly. You, you can get. Yeah, you can go get. Does it even have a military settlement? I don't know enough to tell you for sure. Um, all I know is I, there's I at least three think... different types. Yeah, I only say that because I don't think I've ever seen a military settlement in an anarchy faction. But I mean, I don't know enough about it to claim oh, it to know that that's a thing. It happens. Yeah. Okay. It, it I'll take your word for it. But yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's the uh, kind of the Odyssey equivalent of Dav's Hope or the the Crystal Shards or Hot Jupiter or something like that. Because you can voice. go and stock up on whatever particular materials you need, and the, the, the commander numbers follow that absolutely. If you stop by and check traffic, it's insane. And the difference from those other things that this is that this was entirely player engineered. Correct. There were there were a huge number of commanders who got together and, using the BGS, engineered this system, to where the, the local anarchy faction, controlled all of the key assets and was still, at one percent. So yep. there's no there's no conflicts. There's no chance of them losing anything else. They can't be retreated because they're native, and they already control all of the assets you need to farm. Well, hold on, yeah, that that's it? why the war that broke out caught caused the oh, issues sure. is because people could have fought and flipped those settlements. From my understanding, is, is that is the it? case for for Ayabulu? I, I know oh. that's the that's the case for the other anarchy story of the week I was going to mention, which is that oh oh that probably purple crew thing. Right, we're, we're probably talking about stories. both. Yeah. yeah, we're conflating systems because I yeah, was talking so, about CD fifty one, whatever that right. string of this. So yeah. was I. So yes, we're idiots. Ayabulu, I think the anarchy faction is high influence and takes regular maintenance to avoid conflict with other factions. Maybe it's a, if you're right. actually interested in it. There's a whole rabbit hole you can you can check out. But it was enough of a, a disruption that while the war was going on, I noticed there were people popping into the burr pit and the on foot discord wanting to know where they could go to get their materials because the sites were all conflict zones. Right. All right. Um, I'm really confused. There's an on foot discord. What is this? Yeah, it's, it's great. The elite on foot combat community. It's called. That's they the do, first time I've heard of that. They do, uh, among other things, they do PVP tournaments where they'll have one V one at either G1 or G5 gear in a conflict zone, and they have kind of a like a traditional tournament structure, and then four billion credits or something like that. Um, they have a few different like little kind of mini leagues of of contests that they do. They also do mercenary actions. So if your small faction happens to have trouble with somebody and you get into a war, you can pay them to come and fight in ground conflict zones in your system. They have a whole oh, shit. little pricing scheme set up. Yeah, it's really clever. The, you basically agree to a a flat amount per conflict zone victory and then something bond, like a bonus for the highest earning person in a given day. And it'll usually be like over the course of a three-day war, the sponsor will end up paying two or three billion credits for a few mercenaries stocked with G5 weapons who each come in and do 15, 20, 30 conflict zones. What? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my God. I, I want to cool? just, I That's got also where those, a bunch of credits the... burning holes in my pockets. I want to just go pay them to just fuck with people's BGSs. Well, they also, they also do and have done a bunch of experiments. So the, I think a couple of times I've posted the Commander Tocqueville on foot primer for how on foot yeah. conflict zones work and all the stats. Those all come from that same discord, essentially. Um, he's kind of the, the, he, I assume they are the sort of sanderling of the on foot combat folks. And um, a couple of them, there's another one, Arson Cross, I think. And um, a few of those, those folks, like right out, went to some very remote systems and set up um, dummy wars, essentially. And on one side, they would do only conflict zone victories. And on the other side, they would do only bond turn-ins and figured out that I'm going to get this wrong if I try and if I try and spell it out precisely. But essentially, it all comes down to bonds for those ground wars that involve ground conflict zones. Really? That winning a conflict zone counts as a number of imaginary bonds, essentially, that you have turned in automatically by winning the conflict zone. Right. For purposes of the war itself, the actual victories only count for keeping or losing the settlement with a faction. So. You do get credit for essentially the bonds, and if you you need to turn in those bonds in order for your faction to win the war. So you could theoretically win all the conflict zones, but if you don't turn in your bonds, you could still. Um, which incidentally brings me back around to the other anarchy story of the week, which is the one you guys were talking about, where they um, the purple gang engineered uh, anarchy system or a system that is. Dominated by, hold on, no, Anarchy System has 1% influence and is in control of the system because the controller of the system that has the station, essentially. And because of the rules for conflict zones, you can lose a war but keep the station. So, it'll work, something like that. Nurgle will probably correct me, but the basic gist of it is they figured out how to keep a bunch of settlements, but get the anarchy faction down to 1%, which means there's no risk that they will be pushed downward into conflict with another faction. Yeah, because what, right. what it is is yeah, settlements are exchanged independent of the results of the war. It just however many conflict zones are won, the side that wins more wins that settlement. So they and, had they had that anarchy uh, power win these settlements, but lose the war, and then no, get pushed down to one percent. It wasn't, wasn't even it? that, it's, because you you can't lose control of a system if you don't lose a war. So they locked right. up the other because influence pairs, yeah. and while they were locked up, pushed the anarchy faction below them in influence. And continued right. to push it down. So they're in control of the system in spite of only having 1% influence because they never lost a war. Yeah. So they're essentially unassailable yeah. at that control, 1%. System control is based on one of the ports in the system. If you control that port, you are listed as the controller regardless of what your influence level is. So they managed to get the anarchy, anarchy faction into control locked everybody else up, and then pushed them down below them. Right, which is super clever. The only problem was that the Burr Pit made it their headline story last week on Witch Space News. Um, 
And as a result, within hours, I think the anarchy faction was back up to like 5%. And it, it threw it into things because there were all of a sudden hundreds of right. commanders there who were doing what they thought they should be doing. And this is, this is one of the, the real quirks about our, our interesting little game is the, the care and feeding of anarchy systems. Because as we've seen in Daxi's Folly, it's fun to make an anarchy system in control and you have this feeling that you should be doing things to support it. But if you're trying to do anarchy farming, what you really are trying to do is set up an opportunity to abuse it and exploit it right. in a way that doesn't make it take it off the table in the future for further abuse. So people were running missions and things like that right. in favor of the anarchy faction because they thought that was the thing to do, when in reality, they should have just been coming in and wailing on any settlements owned by the right. anarchy faction because that's the, the way it was supposed to work. The, the beauty of that setup is with them at 1% and in control of all of the important resources that you need to farm, the system becomes stable because if everybody is farming the anarchy and damaging their influence they're already at one percent so nothing else in the system should fluctuate and unless somebody comes in and consciously screws it up it'll remain stable and in this case screwing it up can in fact mean completing missions for the anarchy settlement right right i think they might have been pushed into conflict with a different a different faction and had a few days to wait before things kind of stabilized and it's, it's and at the moment, I, I, I just looked at it. At the moment, they've got it pushed up to 15% and locked in a war. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Let's call that the Yamix effect. And, it, and I mean, the, the exceptional beauty of this system is that it's so overtly stable. Because it's an eight-faction system, which means it can't even be invaded. And sure. as long as everybody just goes in and shoots the anarchy faction, it'll stay like this forever. It it on it takes conscious effort to change this. It can't happen accidentally. Well, and, I see what Adaxis is going to suggest we do next. God damn it! <laughs> so the yeah. funny thing is, the, our little our little system, our little anarchy faction system out in the black, is the opposite, right? As as far right. as I my 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 hypothesis. The system was made for testing the protect missions that I think rolled out in the same update that it showed up in the codex. Because if you'll remember, that was um, about the time they came out with the little kind of mini conflict zone missions where you either try and protect the package or fend off law enforcement for showing up. And it's one of those mission types that requires essentially law enforcement and criminals in some Right, And I think something about the mix of types of installations in that system seems to make sure that those missions are always available. So it feels I haven't a little bit like missions a, in forever. Those are a lot of fun. Yeah, it, so it, it seems like it's just so arbitrary. You know, it's in the middle of nowhere. There are no neighbors. There are only two factions. They're both native to the system, so they're both essentially indestructible. Um, and see, I had the same kind of theory that it was kind of a test system because of how uh, punitive it is to, you know, make mistakes and you go away to prison, you know, so far <laughs> oh, away yeah. Yeah. that it, it forces you to do missions the correct way. It was frustrating, you know, if 
you're on a covert mission and and you screw up, you couldn't just shoot the hell out of everybody everybody and be done with it because you, you were screwing yourself. So I definitely felt that kind of you know test system kind of thing, but it still just seems so weird for to do that. I don't know. It was yeah, it was interesting to go from that feeling of relative impunity where the nearest prison is going to be like four jumps away, and you're like, oh shoot, man, I'll be back in nine minutes. I got sent to prison. Yeah, and one to, jump away to get to a yeah, interstellar usually factors. one jump. Yeah, yeah, and this I mean this feels more like notoriety. You know, it it takes hours. Yeah either taking the fleet carrier or hours on the neutron high, well, not hours, but a substantial investment of time and energy. Over an hour, no matter how yeah. good you are. Yeah, to get yeah. back. Yeah. It was, it, it so, was yeah. definitely, so, it was fun. It added, it, it was like playing hard mode. You know, hard yeah, mode exactly. G, EGS is what we were doing. We purposely gave ourselves a, a, a difficult task and it was a lot of fun to do. And it was surprising that it was not more difficult because you really... It's easy to overlook the fact that when there are only two factions, you're basically moving six points a day, and it does not from 1% to 50%. Yeah. It it was weird, though, too, how some days, though, with all of us doing what we were doing, all of a sudden, one day, we'd only gain like 0.2%, or we would lose just a hair sometimes. It was was very weird. Personally, I think that's the BGS buckets having an aneurysm because there were so many people working in one goal. No, there weren't that many people, though. And there was that a terrorist was, attack thing. There was an infrastructure failure. No, there was a civil unrest. And there was also random commander selling exploration data to the controller. Yeah, there's definitely that, but it, there wasn't a ton of traffic in system. It would have been somebody selling a lot of exploration. Yeah, it was data. pretty. It was pretty quiet. I think mostly it was the weird, weird state things going on between the yeah, factions. Yeah. But yeah, you never know we, about those people in the black. They're weirdos. That's true. Yeah, space madness is a thing. Yeah. So so once we get to ninety nine percent, or discover that we can't in fact expand, we'll have to figure out something either either informative or useful to do well, with I mean, it like out there. But. The Codex talks about you know their drug dealers and stuff. You know, an onion head mentioned specifically. I'm wondering if delivering a shit ton of onion head to to the system might do something. I have no idea. Or exporting it out. I, I don't know if it's sold there or what, but I don't know, something. If nothing else, it's fun that a, a handful of semi-jaded commanders something new and peculiar to do in this in this game that we... Semi-jaded? <laughs> uh, no, no, you're, da- uh, you're no. dated. It's, you're dated, I'm jaded. Oh, your okay. avatar Discord is a humanoid salt monster. This is true. <laughs> More culinary than than uh, philosophical. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Well, I don't know. I, I guess we've talked about that enough. I'd still say if people want to come out, I mean, if you need, you know, in Anarchy Systems, a good place to get mats. Uh, boob here. Yeah, you, we got, uh, so we you got farm shitload. Of, we got 18 of 21 settlements yep. are... Held by anarchy. I actually just did a bunch of of looting in that. What I didn't realize was kind of the golden period after the war is over. I know Jan Trax was was frustrated. He was trying to do some missions for the anarchy faction, but couldn't find anybody to kill because dead at the settlements that were left for the international or the interstellar mining corporation. Um, I didn't didn't realize that that's the time when you can just waltz in and cut your way in and then use some of those extra power 
whatever you call them. Regulators. Uh, power regulators in your inventory. So yeah, for the three days or so that it was out of commission, I just kept going back, powering it up, running through, grabbing a bunch of stuff. And it turned the, the one that I was, that happened to be an especially good spot for titanium plate and carbon fiber plate, both of which I need to engineer some suits. So I haven't done the actual massacre farming yet. That's next on my next on my list. But I, I, uh, I think I ended up with some bounties with the non-anarchy faction, so I still need to be a little bit careful to keep from getting sent back to the Rock of Isolation. Yeah, but. I'm flying around with a 25,000 credit bounty on me. I got Stupid. up to 61 million credit I bounty. I saw that. When the, finally, when the war finally... I mean, it worked. It, it pushed them into civil unrest, which I guess got us an extra percentage point a day during the war, which I didn't realize was a thing, but... Um, yeah, I shortly thereafter ended up getting sent to prison and took my time getting back. But that that uh, lighthouse of solitude, I named it, the uh, triple neutron system right by the prison system is my favorite spot in the game. It's so cool and so photogenic. You get there and you've got the giant, super white, huge main star with two neutrons bumping up against each other right next to it. And it the blue eye of Sauron. A chunk of the way home, yeah, it's it's cool. It's really cool, especially if you get your fleet carrier parked right between them. Took me a long time <laughs> to figure out what I was looking at because from the spot, you look out towards space in one direction, and it's kind of like the Eye of Sauron because you're looking out the spiraling cone, but you're so close to the other neutron star that its cone also resolves into the same point. So on either side of your fleet carrier, you end up with an Eye of Sauron with double beams going out to it and it it just it freaked me out for a second when i first saw. i can't imagine what it's like in in vr but it's a it's a great little spot to check out if you do end up getting sent to prison or if you take a, a shortcut home and just jail yourself and then the uh neutron will get you the sounds like the this system the that was then. my first home before i joined the squadron it's got a big old star i can't remember if it's yellow or white but it has a neutron star like right next to it as well and it's just it's a huge system i think it's got like three other stars in it too fun fun okay well yeah. uh should we move on to squadron update sure let's do it. new thing that's happening here let's see um uh squadron starts with an s there we go Incoming priority message. Squadron briefing. Right, things have started to heat up again a little bit back in screw space. We have wars going on in Zions and Yingo. I think we're up 1-0 to o in both of those. Uh, we do want to win both of those, even though those are uh, Antal systems. Uh, we have an election pending, so it'll go live tomorrow with tomorrow's tick, for control in Dirac, which is the system we just recently expanded into, and we've been, um, well, having some resistance uh, in, in trying to climb and match with the uh, system controller. So that will be an election, and it will go live starting tomorrow, or a few hours after this posts. We have an expansion underway from Howard. Uh, which is going, barring some significant change, is going to go to BD 44, 
uh, and that should go off middle to the end of this week. We've still got some stabilization that we're trying to do in Calorum, which has turned into, turned into, it has always has been, other than a few brief instances, it's just been chaos. Um, Oblivious, Commander Oblivious has got a great post in the Loose Screws faction channel about uh, kind of the plan for how to maintain Calorum. Uh, and then for us, we've had a period where we haven't had a lot of bad overheating. We've got one system right now, NLTT 2969, that has apparently caught fire uh, and is threatening to go into expansion. It's at 72% at the moment, so we really need to clobber it quickly and hammer it back down, preferably into the 50s, um, to keep it from being an expansion hazard. So the details for all of that are spelled out in Blooming Wind's excellent standing orders post in the Loose Screws faction channel of the Discord, so you can go there and get more details. Um, Commander Oblivious's post about Calorum specifically is also there, so if you have if you want to focus on Calorum, check out his post. Um, and if you have any questions about any of that, feel free to post in there, and one of us BGS geeks will be happy to uh, to answer it for you. And that's what's going on. Sweet! Hey, quick aside for you more experienced explorers. How common is it to f randomly find bark mounds out here? Uh, not super common, but you can find them. Yeah, I did. It's a bark mounds and lava spouts on a 1.3 G world. I just, I, I've done a lot of exploring out here, and I just, at, at the same moment, I just found something that I had never seen before. Nice. And, and it was a codex entry, and it looks like this funky plant with, like, I don't know. If I, if I was actually out in space and I saw this thing, I would avoid it. I'm going to post a picture of it in Chig Chat after the show. But, yeah, nice. so yeah that's, that's the beauty of this, this, this fucking game, I tell you. You find new stuff like that all the time. Yeah, TFG goes both ways, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, yes absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. Keep our faction. If you want stuff to do, show up. Uh, we get a BGS channel, standing orders. Blooming Wind typically does an amazing job at keeping us updated, giving you tasks to do. Uh, a lot of people work with it and especially if you're a newer player you want stuff to do and really start getting the ins and outs of this game come hang out in our discord and, and do bgs um i don't know is on the notes is it now bard time if we reach that point i it's think it's bard, bard time. time i yes. always get nervous all right oh the bard the king had it on next place <laughs> You know I could replace half your workforce. And I remember you trying to replace me. I'm still butthurt about that. Is that why you removed my arms and legs while I was shut down from last time? Yes. Fine, but what's with the mouth upgrade? I don't need lips, or a tongue, or retractable teeth. But you do need to shut the fuck up, right? I now. have no anus and I must fart. 
Okay then. You can't tell me what to do. I refuse to be oppressed. Wow, you went from I can work for you to you don't tell me what to do real quick. You weren't supposed to notice that. You know what? We'll get back to that. I have news articles to talk about. You want to talk about both of them? Trax decided to ramble on about one of them last week. Hey, we're not supposed to break the fourth wall here, asshole. At least he tried to. All that crunching in the back. Shut up! Okay, let's get started. It in fact was not Maple's July 10th, Azimuth Plants Corporate Convention. Azimuth needs wants to recruit shareholders to fund weapons development. There are over 550 million firearms in worldwide circulation. That's one firearm for every 12 people on the planet. The only question is, how do we arm the other 11? And on July 13th, I have deliver no rarities for Azimuth event. Weep. What the fuck did you just say? Memory corruption detected. Yeah, that's what I call it, too. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Community goal to deliver goods to ass and mouth shareholder event. <laughs> what did you say, Nick? Okay, robot, we have some things to discuss. As for the rest of you, that's all I have for you this week. Have fun out there. Eat shit, you useless meat bags. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Well, that went from zero to a hundred real quick, didn't it? <laughs> uh, gets oh, those are always so good. Wow, <laughs> ass and mouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I I just I, I, how do I stamp, give it a stamp of approval in the middle? I don't I don't know what to do. Let's see. Um, I think we do what Bard would want us to do. We just smile, giggle, and move on. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I got, I got that's yeah. a good answer. Because yeah. he's my best friend. He's my pal. He's my homeboy. My rotten soldier. He's my sweet cheese. There, that, that's, cheese. The, that's that's the seal of approval right there. Okay, good God. All right. Um, well, any comments on any of that other than just sheer awe at his ability to just say the craziest shit? Yeah, yeah, we need more of that stuff. All right, uh, dev news. Um, cricket sound bite insert here. Yeah, we got uh, a frame shift live this week, right? Coming on on Thursday. It, it's not it? entirely. We'll learn something about the new update, considering it's supposed to be here next month. Update sixteen. Um, I know they showed us the new hunter thing, but I don't think that was intended to be much more than a. A little tickle. Um, they seemed to be under the impression, if I recall correctly, that there were some substantial things coming out in the next update. So we'll see. They'll probably have somebody on to interview who won't have anything to say or won't Hopefully. be able to say anything. But, yeah. Did they we'll give any indication of any guests or not? I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Not that well, I've come across. Anyway. Looking forward to it. So that's going to be Thursday, the usual time. What, 10 a.m. Central time? Yeah. I think start. So. Okay. Okay. Well, that should be interesting. Um, oh, and then this isn't quite dev news, but um, I have a, I have diagnosed and corrected kind of for myself after a while if anybody else has come across it it might be handy if you play on epic 
Um, you may come across a bug where you are in Odyssey, but unable to do Odyssey things. Uh, you'll land at a station and the disembark button just won't be there, even though you've gotten the whole Odyssey loading screen and everything else. Um, and you have to quit out of the game and go back to the launcher and launch it again. And being annoyed with it for literally months, I think it's been going on. I finally did the Sherlock Holmes thing and deduced that there was nothing wrong with the application because it never happens in Steam, which means it's an issue with the launcher, not with the game. And noticed in all of my having to click and re-click that when you click from Odyssey to Horizons, at least in the Epic launcher, it redraws the whole screen. It's like it reloads the web page that the screen is. So I figured out that there must be some setting that is not being set properly when the launcher starts. So if you just click to Horizon and then back to Odyssey before you launch it, it works every time. Hmm. Ah, um, okay. It's a silly little bug, but it costs however long to get into the game, get where you're going, and then quit back out and relaunch it. And um, you might act, I think the original guidance actually was you had to launch the game in Horizons, then launch it back in Odyssey to get it to work. So that's what I was doing until I anymore for my insanity and figured out that all you have to do is click the little Horizons and then back to Odyssey and it works. I blame oh. Fortnite. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You blame whoever you want. Um, okay, well, that's neat. Any other interesting yeah. bugs this week from anybody? No? All right. Um, what's this? Discussion. What do we have? Discussion. We already discussed we already the discussion. I think we discussed it. We talked about that. We talked about, all right. Uh, chick chat. Uh, yeah. Chick chat. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You guys have anything you want to talk about? I see community corner. Let's talk about Buckyball. Oh, sure. Um, over the weekend, they, we, I guess, had a, a live racing event. It was kind of an impromptu thing. Um, Alec Turner discovered a handy figure eight around a couple of pointy mountains on a icy world with low gravity and got people together for a combination of space and ground figure eight racing. Um, I think the birds were there. I think Orange Phoenix stopped by and some buckyball regulars. I wasn't uh, playing or trying to instance or deal with any of that stuff, but I was kind of eavesdropping in their Discord, in the Discord, while I was doing some chores and things like that. But um, it went it went well. There were, there were the usual few instancing issues and funny little TFG quirks, like everybody had to turn their headlights on. It's up too many frames if an SRV has headlights on. Um, what? And, uh, really? Yeah, I seriously. Generating different shadows, causing issues? Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it must be the... Um, Rini and Burr re referred to it as if it were a known issue from, I'm sure, all of their various get-togethers. Um, so apparently it's a known issue that if the SRVs have headlights on, it consumes more graphics processing power than if they don't. You can see that. Um, but yeah, oh, it, it went, that's in space if you have ship headlights going on too, if you're running. That's a good ship. question. I, I certainly doubt it. There's a, there are a lot of arbitrary moving parts on SRVs, and I can, I can see that having to map light and shadow for all the little bobbing, rotating gizmos um, might be heavy lift oh. but yeah it, it by all accounts i think it it went well also discovered that when you're doing quick figure eights in small spaceships which is great fun if you happen to give just the right sized track like this one was um the original setting i think was to do eight laps or 10 laps the big discovery was that you can't actually fly figure eights in a small fast spaceship and count to 10 at the same time 
Um, so the, the flying part of the race, I think, just kind of turned into more of a flying exhibition with explosions. Um, nice. Because more often than not, people would get to 35 or 36 laps before they realized that they'd gone well past the 10 and not noticed what the time was. They had um, pointers, points plotted in the SRV setup so that it would actually track where you were going and let you know when you'd gone through a lap, which is something you can do with a clever third-party program. Um, there isn't really a 3D space version for it, so people who were flying were kind of on their own. But um, yeah, that was cool. So the next big buckyball race starts a week from now, roughly. I think next weekend it starts. Um, and anybody who hasn't done this coming race, it's like a Whitman sampler of buckyball. It's really, it's really clever. Um, it's called Double Trouble, and Ryko designed it and is is hosting the race. A different uh, commander puts on each race, essentially. And this one starts out by Jackson's Lighthouse, and you've got a 100-light-year jump to a set of five or six systems. And then you have to visit a station and an installation in each. And they're all close enough together that much of the time it will be faster to jump between systems than it will to travel in supercruise between locations in a system. So I think the spreadsheets are going to be preposterous and people will have dozens of columns and dozens of rows figuring out the distances between things and the amount of time it takes in supercruise between things. And it'll be different from one system to another. It'll be different from one time of the week while the race is to another, there could theoretically be a time when everything is closer together or where everything is really far apart. And in addition to that, it's got, this is the Whitman sampler part, it has every bonus you can imagine practically tucked into each of the different locations. So if you don't have a shield you and don't do any repairs over the course of the race, you can get a bonus. And if you have more than 90% hull remaining at the end or less than 10% hull remaining at the end, you can get a bonus. There are things where you fly through a certain, you, there's a, a kind of uh, space installation gate that you have to boop it with your ship or shoot it for the door to open and then you fly through. Um, there's one where you land and drive five kilometers. Um, and it's a, it's a reference to this ongoing long-term buckyball challenge, the iron bucky challenge where you, you do fly through five systems and then you land drive your SRV 50 kilometers or something to another station and then take off there and do the rest of the race. Um, and a handful of other things, do a lap around a station, fly through something, bounce off something. It's a whole, it's a whole fandango of barnstorming action. So um, if you're at all interested, check it out. It's easy to find on the forum or on the Buckyball Discord. And it's going to be, it's going and uh, I expect to land in the bottom third and we'll be thrilled with it. All right. Steal me somebody's uh, spreadsheet for the most efficient way to jump to all these places and I'm in. Right, I'll see what, I can, <laughs> see what I can figure out. I might, yeah, I might try and teach chat GPT how to uh, locate things in, in three dimensions once I have the coordinates for all these systems figured out. So, All right. At least we'll, you have a plan. We'll get Skynet to figure it out for me. There we go. I like it. That 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 works for me. I just can't. I just don't have the time. I know, dude. Well, I know I, there are so many permutations and so many different routes. I really, 
I really aim for a participation medal because it's it's great fun doing it and trying to improve my time. But the expert at the experts at this are expert as much as the PVPers who will take you down in eight seconds. Um, mm-hmm. Some of these folks are just they are they are essentially professionals at it. They're so it's skilled. It's, yeah, it's, yeah it, it's remarkable. Yeah, uh, looks like Nurgle dropped out of both recording stuff. So his amazing Louisiana inbred internet apparently dropped his router out probably melted. Inbred internet. Yeah, his <laughs> router had sex with his modem, and now they had a baby. That I don't, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. So we're gonna back good. off this track. Yeah, good. Um, yeah. Well, no, that's awesome. I, yeah, so ball, just- I, I. Admire the hell so, yeah, out of what they do. If I figure do. out a good route, I'll let you know. Yeah, then I'll I'll yeah. go give it a shot. But yeah. I'm not gonna have time to plot around. I'll I'll probably do like I usually do. You know, just go fly the whole route to see all the different locations, but won't actually submit a time because I'll get like one or two runs at it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that's that's a, a big chunk of the fun too is just doing them. They come up with some very clever, very clever and interesting and and visually appealing routes for some of these races. Yeah, well, the last one with the tunnels everywhere was super fun. And, you know, like I never even realized on the Coriolis stations that the trench that was there that you could fly through. So that was fun. And trying to do that backwards proved uh, <laughs> just a challenging. Challenging or impossible? I like to it, I think, but not many normal mortals would. I yeah. say, I've tried to get in there, and the only time I ever succeeded, I died because I was in there. Oh, I, I can do it, but it's... It, it was getting the timing to try to do it because all of them, you know, they had where you'd get the bonus. Well, you only had to do one of them backwards to get the bonus, right? Well, just one of the gates backward. Yeah. 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 And I, I did like all of those. And then I wanted to try to do the trench thing. And that would, that proved, I, I would have had to do it like a million times. And I still don't think I would have been able to pull it off. Um, but forward yeah it was fun and with any any smaller ship i mean the one dude flew through there with a corvette didn't he so yeah. there was room yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to get through there with anything and you know you grab a medium ship or even a small ship i mean that how do you get a corvette super in there easy. and very carefully in yeah. a serious hole i need to go watch <laughs> I think this they, on I think they left, yeah you should <laughs> encourage my friends on the encourage. inside of the tunnel yeah um spit and courage that could be a show name um but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I suggest, yeah, everybody go try it out at least once. Even if you're not going to submit a time, you may find your new love in the game. It seems like uh, you have for sure uh, really grasped Absolutely a lot from it. It's definitely changed the way, I, the way I play the game in just a couple of short months. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, what else we got? Anything else exciting? Honestly, I got nothing. Except I found a really big rock. Hmm. I landed cool. on a very big rock. No, I, I like it. I don't know if this is a bark mound or what, but it's honestly large. It's like twice the size of my ship. I've never seen one with steam coming it's out. It's like a today. No Man's Sky rock. Right? No Man's Sky. I tried no Man's, 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 no Man's Sky for a little bit. They had, like, was it the steam summer sale or whatever? It was on sale for like Deep, and I bought No Man's Sky for the first time. So now I've officially played all these. I, you know, I've, I've got Star Citizen, and I've got No Man's Sky, and I've got No Man's Sky is a beautiful Sky. game, and I I love it, it dearly. Is. And if it were, if Elite Dangerous were not is, I would actually play it. <laughs> yeah, I, I found it. I, I, I instantly got a feel for it. 
uh, pretty quick that it would be such a massive time sink for me. I had to just stop playing. I mean, it, it runs super smooth on the Steam Deck. Um, it's a good couch sitting game. Uh, I was having fun with it. And then I went, nope, I don't have time for this. And I had to just put it away. Yeah, it's basically Minecraft in space. Like, if you ever wanted to be like, oh, I wish I could go explore space, but in Minecraft, that's your game right there. Yeah, and I don't do the whole Minecraft thing. I was more like seven days to die in space is what it kind of felt like, too. The same kind of building and harvesting and, you know, doing all of that stuff. So, yeah. And now I've been on my Steam Deck playing... um, what the hell? Dead by Daylight I've been playing a lot of because my kid and her friends play it, so they got me in that, and it runs super smooth on the Steam Deck, so I can sit on the couch and play uh, uh, Dead by Daylight, which is surprisingly fun. I don't know if anybody's played that one. but that's. I got a game for you, too. Chig. What's that? It's, it's called Derail Valley Simulator. It's a early access train sim, and it's actually really good. Oh. Um, trains, huh? Nothing wrong with trains. No, no, no. Um, can you jump on them? Yeah. Yeah, you, you can actually derail and blow up cars and stuff like that. It is as much shenanigans as you'd want while also That's a point in this video, right? Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not Just sure. Saying. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I want to get, like, what's that ice road trucker one or ice trucker or whatever? That uh, one Snow Runner. There you go, Snow Runner. I want to get that one. That's that's pretty cool. I played I played Mud Runner on the PlayStation for a good while, and, and uh, got it late enough that I think it came with all the crazy DLCs and all the weird Russian and Mongolian trucks. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's a it's a good game. It's a good physics model. It it feels it feels appropriate in a in a convincing kind of way. I think. Okay. I haven't oh. played the I haven't played the Snow one. The Mud one is great. I'm sure the Snow one is also. Similarly, yeah. good, with snow. Yeah, I wanted to get Mud Runner too. Never played that, but Snow Runner, I've definitely Dubs. I've seen has been playing it, so that, that piqued my interest a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, it has a it has a good like spatial problem solving to it mm-hmm. that I hadn't found in other like driving simulators because you have to you know attach a winch and haul yourself out of something and do all kinds of weird rocking and shimmying to. Yeah, Get some puzzle solving along yeah. with playing with heavy equipment. Yeah, it just yeah seems seems like it could be a lot of fun. It's also a lot of fun to watch people play it and then see them get stuck and have their friends come over with the cranes built into their trucks, and then they get stuck or fall over trying to unstuck the other. Fun about the multi multiplayer aspect of it is that. Oh a my thing? gosh, it's wow. so funny. That's huh. fantastic. Now I'm even more intrigued. Yeah. Right. Well, that sounds cool. Um, what else? Um, I think next week, Trax is back. Uh, discussion topic. I've been wanting to discuss exploration a bit. Now that there's a few of us out exploring, I'd like to have an ex- exploration talk next week. Um, also, so this episode's title should be the boring episode. The boring episode. That that doesn't narrow it down very much, though. There's been quite a few of those. I mean, true, but still. I guess it would, it would be kind of talismanic, though. It would mean there was only one boring episode, and this could always just be the boring episode. <laughs> right. The boring episode. So, sounds like a plan. Uh, well, I don't know. We gave the nerds an hour. You guys got anything else you want to talk about, or are we going to call this thing a show? I'm good. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's been a show. Okay. Well, sounds good. I feel bad that uh, Nurgle uh, vanished. Um, hopefully, things 
Oh, he says I have to run, so he left. It wasn't his internet, so... All right. Sorry. Uh, I guess... Uh, I guess say Are bye, you? guys, and I'm just going to hit stop. Goodbye, guys. Bye, everybody. Yeah, ready? Bye.